Steven with one five-minute turn in a CAD game. Here, here you go. Okay, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do this. And for and my then next trick. For my next trick, <laughs> you're going to lose all of your ember, <laughs> and I'm also going to kill all of those creatures. Now I have three keys. The game is over. The game is done. Sometimes I know exactly what you're going to say. Every single month, your bank account is overdrawn. The world is a business. A husband is what's left of a sweetheart after the nerve has been killed. Walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. Obey all If you have selfish, ignorant citizens, you're going to get selfish, ignorant leaders. You mean like Democrats? Well, we both agree that must be the reason. Why not let the folks themselves ask for something that they like to hear? We are knee-deep in a pool of stagnation. Ah, oh, no, no, wait a minute, friends. You don't want to hear that, do you? Yeah! yeah. Objectively incorrect. I'm here sitting in the chair with my boy Daryl hey, Grant. Good, good, good day, everybody. Good day. It would be good day, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you're listening to this, and the gym, or wherever. If you're running, if you're not running, if you're at work, you know, give God thanks if you're at work. Yeah. But anyway, so guys, Daryl is an artist. He's a photographer. And when I said this, I, I think I'm saying. I mean, I'm not saying it well. Let me re- let me repeat. Daryl is an amazing. Amazing artist, amazing photographer. This guy is incredible. You should check him out. Mm -hmm. So today, Daryl is here to talk to us about um, being on the spectrum, being Mm -hmm. on the artistic spectrum, um, how life is Mm -hmm. in the spectrum, and some of the the battles that he has to fight that nobody ever really thinks about, I don't think. I think this was super interesting. But before we even get into that, we have to play our fact or fiction section. Daryl, I'm gonna give you five statements and you're gonna tell me if you think they're true or they're false. Um, this theme is on books, just facts about books in general. All right. All right. Um, please don't cheat. And when I say don't cheat, <laughs> like don't look in my eyeballs and read <laughs> the answers. No, no, that today. Okay, cool. The Thank reflection you. Reflection on the TV ain't showing over here. Like, okay, yeah. let me just pull back a little bit. All right. So no, no, we go. Number one, uh-huh. the most expensive book ever purchased was sold for thirty. million US dollars. The most expensive book ever purchased was sold for $30.8 million. True or false? I don't trust your figure, but I'm going to A, assume it's a Bible, and B, say, yeah. It's it's true or false? True. It's true, but it's not a Bible, Uh, but it's true. It's 100% (laughs) true. It was the Codex... Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, go ahead. The Codex Lester... By Leonardo da da Vinci. Vinci. And I know yes. this. And it was purchased by Bill Gates, according yes. to Business Insider. Mm. So this, you were, at least the, the, the figure was right. So I guess you're right. <laughs> All right, so number two. So you're batting 100 so far. All right. Number two. The first book ever written on a typewriter was Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring by J.R.R. Tolkien. The first book ever written on a typewriter was The Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring by J.R.R. Tolkien. True or false? Because I know Sir Arthur Conan Doyle had the short stories for Sherlock Holmes serialized. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say no, because those were before Tolkien. Okay. And you're right. It's false. The first book ever written using a typewriter was The Adventures of Tom Sawyer. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's Mark cool. Twain must have had a lot of ink and a lot of patience. <laughs> he wrote it in 1875, and it was wow. published the following year, 1876. Mm. Mark Twain was not a fan. 
of the typewriter when he first used it. In <laughs> I fact, could imagine. He, in, I could imagine as well because I can't imagine a typewriter being easy to use and at all the first. All those years being used to just writing, writing and yeah. scripting. That would be awful. He said, in fact, he gave away the typewriter <laughs> when he was writing the book twice. <laughs> Both times it was returned to him. Wow. It's like nobody wanted this piece mm. of crap. You hold on to that. It's like, yeah, you so figure out how to use those letters. I'm not, I don't, I don't want I'm, I'm just going to write. Number mm. three. Germans read more books than any other nationality. Germans read more books than any other nationality, true or false? But we have Nordic people out there. Um, and Russians, like with their whole thick books. Read more books. You didn't say read more. Okay. Read more books than any other nationality, On true average. or false? So yes. You'll say yes? Because of Grimm's Fairy Tales. Um, it's false. Ah. And you were right. The Icelandic people read more Man, than any see, other came person. To mind, eh? <laughs> the Icelandic people. Because I was like, I know they read a lot. They, it, perhaps it has to do with the weather. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they just start to really love books. But Iceland wins the book. Gone, the, get on them, yes, you're, but the Nordic, you were right yeah. there, man. <laughs> Right, number four, mm-hmm. three, two or three so far. So if you get this one, you win the game, but let's move on. The longest sentence in published literature is over 800 words long. The longest sentence in published literature is over 800 words long. True or false? So I'm going to say that's true. Okay, it is true. Mm-hmm. The longest sentence to ever be printed in literature. Can I guess who it was by? Sure, go ahead. Uh, was there around Faulkner's time? Faulkner's? I'm Will, not William sure. William Faulkner. I'm not so sure. I don't have. I don't oh. have. Okay, that. sorry. Go ahead. It's Victor Hugo. <laughs> oh, the longest nice. sentence of ever been printed, uh-huh. printed in literature belongs to Victor Hugo in Les Miserables. Um, there is a sentence which is 823 words long. All right. So you you got it right. So you're three. You're three or four, okay. which means you've already Fast. won. But we're gonna go on. We're gonna ask one more. Yeah. Let's so go. number five. The youngest author of a published book Mary was Shelley? four years. Oh wow. And three months old. The youngest author of a published book was four years and three months old. True or false? Just a published book. Yes. Just a. a published author basically the youngest published the youngest author of a published book was four years and three months old if i had like a time span i could probably guess better um four years and three months boom 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 i didn't say published to a mass audience so let's say yeah Okay, it's true. It's okay. 100% true. Her name was Dorothy Strait. Wow. She wrote a book, Good her book, Dorothy. How the World Began, when she was four years and three months old, <laughs> making her the youngest person in the world to write a published book. Wow. Dorothy wrote the book all in one evening in response to her mother's question of who made the world. And uh-huh. her parents loved it so much that they sent it to Pantheon Books. It was published two years later. Nice. So at six years, three months, she had a book. Out. She had a book out. Like that wow. is, like, what are we really doing with these I children? Know, right? Like we're so underachieving with these kids. We need to do something like more. You have a book published and a doctorate to your name, and you're eight years old. You're eight slacking. Eight years, you're slacking. I think what what I want to talk to you about is, is something that we we spoke about like a couple of years ago. Yeah, and I think we mentioned it in in kind of passing conversation. But mm. you said that you were diagnosed with. Um, ASD, um, autism spectrum disorder. Autism spectrum disorder, which mm-hmm. is, which I don't know if we do we do we, we we can't just say autism, right? Because it's not. It, how does that work? Like, so, explain it to me. That's what I say. It's a spectrum. Um, 
it's it has different ranges, like mm-hmm. different levels to it. And I'm more on the what you would call the high functioning side um, of the autism spectrum. Uh-huh. I yeah, it's it could range from people who could function on their own just like with a lot of work mm-hmm. um, to people who need somebody around them all the time. They can't go out much. They're very nonverbal. Um, I think you'd see some illustrations on TV and stuff. Where of course. People, they just don't communicate mm-hmm. at, at all. Um, and so it's, it's a, it's, it's a, a big, wide it's gamut. A range, yeah. It's a wide gamut of, 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 t- it's it's on one of side you have types like of people. Silicon Valley, you know, huge nerd type of people. And then the other side is just like, over here in a corner, can't come out the house, kind of, yeah. Kind of stuff, like, de- completely dependent. Mm-hmm. But, like, we, like, I think what I really want to know about is, is like, like, in terms of your, your life, right? Mm-hmm. Like, was there a point where you felt like, like, I'm different to, to everybody? Most of the time, yeah. <laughs> Most of the time, like... like, like yeah, since a small, like, did, did, it's a running joke in the family, like, I'm the weird one all the time. Um, it was just weird not knowing why, mm. because uh, you can imagine for for the local people especially, like you know, if you think of my disposition, yeah, and then think about Newtown back in the day, Newtown, oh Jesus, yeah, and then uh-huh. I like partly grew up in Newtown, and so sticking out like a sore thumb is an understatement, and so yeah, it was just you you could tell I was different. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, everybody just talked up to, well, Daryl is weird, and that's about it. Uh, it was not until, it was a very late diagnosis, but yeah, I had a sense of being different. The being whole time. different. Mm-hmm. And, and it's only generally because of how people treated you and, and talked about you, not that. Yeah, it, of course, it, feel, it feels normal to you because you're only inside your own brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, certain, yeah, certain things you wouldn't, it, I wouldn't know, like, okay, this is, is this a weird thing? Just, yeah, like, you yeah. wouldn't be cognizant. It, it would be almost like if, if I was a fish, I wouldn't know how to exist, really. Exactly. Unless I was out hey, of it, like, hey, um, what's going on here? Yeah. This is not what I'm used to, man. This feels a little fresh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I understand. So, like, when you were growing up, and so, like, is it that you, because you're an artist, mm-hmm. um, and an and amazing one. I, 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 you could say what you want. I, I said what I said. Right. Like, was art for you, like, a coping mechanism? Or is it is it that, how, like, was art introduced to you, or did you just kind of just find it? Like, was it a coping mechanism? How, how did art, you know, work in your life? How did art farm you? It was both. Um, kind of introduce in terms of that you could do this thing mm-hmm. um, to a certain level. Um, but as a coping mechanism, yeah, for sure. Um, and I didn't notice, of course, back then because uh, you... Hmm. Let me see. It's a, bit, it's a good place to start to not go on for too long. <laughs> okay, so when I was younger, I always like take... Well, since... Sorry, my whole life. I always take, um, try not to take, sorry, what I could see for granted. Okay. Because <laughs> um, my grandmother on my father's side, she wasn't born blind, but she was made blind later on in life. Oh. But that was before I was born. And so since I know, like, she was always blind. And um, I used to, like, talk to her about it. It used to scare me because I didn't know, like, I, can't, I couldn't imagine not being able to see. Correct. And so that just gave me, like, I don't know, a healthy outlook on, mm-hmm. bad pun, outlook on, um, the visual. like, 
taking in what you see mm-hmm. and not just passing everything where it's like, you know, people like driving to school every day is just like, oh, you know, I'll pass this, I'll pass this, I'll pass this. When I going to reach school. True. I, I would always like stop and like, oh, a new mango is on that tree today. Oh, this fence, like gain a little brono. Stuff like looking around all the time because um, I used to tell her I would like try to see things on her behalf. Oh, boy. Uh-huh. Uh, because, it, and it was really cool seeing her like operate while not being able to see because she she could learn a house really easily wow. i was like how how are you doing this i couldn't figure it out like she like would be at home uh-huh. and could clean the whole house what and just like granny how, how i may not understand so what i would do sometimes is uh in the night when like it's dark and stuff mm-hmm. i'll turn off all the lights and try to walk from my room to different places in the house mm-hmm. let's say like you need to go to the bathroom also walk to the bathroom Need to go to the fridge, walk to the fridge without looking, um, different stuff like that. Just like, okay, this is how it might feel. Feel. Yeah. Wow. Like, you're blaming me, you know, way because mm-hmm. I cannot imagine what, how you would know something needs to be cleaned if you can't see right? it. Right? Like, 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 if you could, like, geolocate, like, I, I guess, mm-hmm. I can't, I don't think I want to be able <laughs> to be in a position where I have to geolocate, but like, mm-hmm. I would be guessing like familiarity. Okay, this is this is here mm. position, stuff like that. You would eventually learn it, but knowing when it needs to be clean yeah, is a it's different just like level. One finger, take a little swipe, and it's like, oh, dusty. All right, we need to wipe on this table. Yeah, dude, you know you know how much like, but then again, you know what? Too, there might be a, a part to play with like um, ritual. Like, mm, like yes. you know, I normally clean yeah, like every two weeks, every two weeks yeah, or every ten days or something. So when it comes to like. The house need to be clean. You know, mm. it's not. It's not like you could see it. It's, mm. I just know. Nah, no, what would be thing. what would be interesting is if you see her like cleaning a cupboard with the corner. Because <laughs> it's like nah, you're lying to us. Yeah, no. You're lying Something to us. Like you, you know, you could see. You, 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 I don't know what you're, you're trying to get out of us. <laughs> but you, you could see this, right? Mm. I don't know. It, it, I find it interesting. So you, you, you're basically saying that you didn't, you didn't take your sight for granted simply yeah. um, and i guess it has to do with you being able to see that your grandmother is now you know deficient in that in yeah. that regard so he's like okay i have to take everything in a great i have to be grateful for this thing yeah. and i have to take it in and so on i i feel honestly right like maybe on a different a slightly different level mm-hmm. um i only started to take things like visually how could I put it uh, to, to see the world and appreciate small things mm-hmm. when I started to, f- to shoot. Like, when I, when I first got... That, make it, yeah, like, my friends are like that, too. It's like, once you start taking pictures, like, but yeah, yeah, realize over there look really nice. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, it, it changes your whole appreciation yeah. for this sense, you know? It makes you dig, dig into it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's different. So going back to the drawing as coping now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so another thing I found really cool was, like, trying to capture those things because like, I would be looking at like everything mm-hmm. and uh, um, because I have like good recall yes. I'd be seeing all those things in my head and so just like man I wish I could get like because I would like look at a tree from a certain angle and like down in the grass be laying down on the ground and be like oh this would look cool but I didn't know about cameras so <laughs> it's just like I wish I could draw this because my older sister uh, used to show me like oh you know if you press your hand on the um, paper and then mac around it you, you could get make your palm. stencils and stuff like that uh-huh. and I was like now I want to draw stuff like without doing that <laughs> like just what I want to do uh-huh. um, or what you see in your head 
Yeah, and <laughs> so I would draw, you know, very rudimentary rock tree, sun, <laughs> stuff like that. And just like, yeah, I ain't look like in my head. And so just like I kept trying to get better <laughs> um, to to be able to draw what's in my head or make what's in my head. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's how, that's how that skill kind of evolved. And then... As, as I was saying, I, like, I just thought, like, okay, maybe you can't draw to that level. Uh-huh. But then one of my cousins, uh, he used to draw back in high school, when he was in high school and college. And uh-huh. he was a really good artist. And he, like, we were watching anime and stuff, like of Dragon course, Balls, you know, course. Not back then. And Who didn't he know? He like, Dragon Ball was drawing a Goku that looked like Akira, like, did it himself. And it's just like, how, how, did how you? you draw this? So I would be home. And, like, this is how should have known that I was like obsessive compulsive uh-huh. I'd go home and draw 100 draw that 100 times what like, just thinking in my head like okay this is how Goku's face looks okay one no two no and then I would be like for hours just drawing over and over and over trying to get it to look right and then probably after I, mean, I think one time I did it like 120 times in two days and I got the face to look like it and I was like hey I get this do and then they were like did you trace that I was just like no and it's like, but it's done in pen. And it's just like, yeah, I was doing it over and over, and I finally get lines to feel right. And it's just like, oh, good job, I guess. Good job, I guess. <laughs> no, that's an amazing job. What are you saying? I don't know, I'm not showing anybody like the hundred iterations. You're just showing them the end the product. Yeah. But you're telling them, look, I drew this a bunch of times. 120 times. Yeah. To get to 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 this. do this from memory, like I'm not. Yeah. Because it is. I'm guessing you're not looking at a reference. No. You're just because I, I didn't have a computer back then. So I would have to like try to memorize his drawing, memorize the show, and then like try to draw the face. That is an amazing amount of practice. Like most people, this is, I, I'm sorry. I, I, a couple of times during this, I might probably say something like, I feel like you have like kind of superpowers. <laughs> like because your brain is honed into such, like you're focused to such a degree that it's like hyper-focused. Mm. It, it, it's not, like normally, like I, I don't know what normally is. I just know who I am, uh-huh. right? Like I would draw something like five times, and like oh, this looks like crap still. Well, you know, um, maybe just I'm not good at drawing this. You know what I mean? Like you kind of give up because it's like mm-hmm. I don't want to frustrate myself. But you're like, no, that's not it. Next, and you're doing yeah. this. So, so you're saying you even when you're doing 120 drawings, mm-hmm. you're doing this without losing enthusiasm, drawing to drawing. It's just yeah, no, it's just. Next yeah. again, yeah. No frustration, like I mean, you, you're frustrated when it doesn't look right, but that's about it. And then you just go again, just yeah. You would get upset, of course. <laughs> it, it, the, the thing is, like, there, there's ways that um that human beings deal with failure that I find to be interesting. Like some people, mm. of course, are more like like you, mm. where they would fail and say, hey, you know. I'm going to have to just do better, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they do it again, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if 120 times is it, <laughs> but they would do it again mm-hmm. and they'll do it again and they, they do it again. Some yeah. people take failures like, oh crap, that means I'm a failure. Oh, not yeah. that, the, the failure is not an external thing. The failure the thing is internalized. Like, I, don't have it. Mm-hmm. I am inadequate because I failed, mm-hmm. not I needed more practice in order to be better at this, you know? So people interpret the failure differently. Mm. But what you're doing is, like, hyper-focused. So it's like, it doesn't matter how much I fail until, unless, it doesn't matter how much I fail as mm. long as I get, I get to the to point the yeah. that it's right. Mm-hmm. That, that's a different skill set, bro. That's, 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 um, that, is, that is different. That's different. Well, that's where all the practice comes from, I guess. 
but like so i'm guessing it started with the anime mm. but then like what age do you think that you i mean what age was this happening for you because let me ask that question this were the go that, that specific that goku one? that goku 120 spill that was i think i was one, two, three, nine. Nine years old joining 120 times yeah that's determined so and then so i finally got it like got to do it right whenever i want when i was like 10 going yeah 10 10 going on 11 mm. did did you would you say that you spent did you spend most of your time drying at that point or, or, or mm. i mean no, like what kind of like, childhood did you have like let me ask that question what kind of childhood like what is a, a typical question, week okay typical and I know you detail. remember. Yeah. You know, it's funny. It's funny, right? I'll, I'll say this to you because they probably won't know. Me and you mm-hmm. have a report, so I, I think I'm. I'm asking you questions because I know you could answer them, and maybe mm-hmm. nobody else can. Um, Daryl has an amazing memory. Like he has amazing recall. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's precise. It's, it's, it's. It, it blows my mind, right? <laughs> So that's why I'm asking because any other person will be like, what was your week, regular week like at 10? is like, what are you asking? I have no idea. Uh-huh. But I'm asking you because I, I feel like maybe you might be one of those who has that right. kind of So recall. how much detail? Um, what did you generally, what was your activities like, like at 9, 10? Okay. So it would be school, first of all, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but then outside of school, it would be just some chores. Um, I had football around that time. So you you was physical. You was yeah, physical. yeah. Okay. Um, I was a big nerd. Used to get bullied for being a nerd, but I was still able to do the sports mm-hmm. because uh, I used to play around with my cousins a lot and so on. So I was physical, and so I knew enough dexterity to not do Charlie Brown when I run up and <laughs> kick the football. But wait, you were good at it, or you? Yeah, I did, well, I didn't. I didn't think I was good because I was looking at the best people on the team mm-hmm. and being like, "Well, I can't do that." Um, oh. But apparently, I was good enough to make the team. Okay. Um, and so I would go to like practice sometimes and uh, let's see what else that, yeah it would be like TV game on the weekends and that's that's the general that's the general I trained, I trained to get like oh and reading of course and read of course I don't know how you <laughs> forgot that you should have probably started with reading first then school um, but like you said that you made a team at like 9-10 right you mm-hmm. made a soccer team uh, football you said football mm-hmm. um, and you were on the team Mm. Were you like, like attracted to more like physical activity as you got older? Did you did you end up going deeper into athletics or no? I think uh, the most fun being on a team was probably when I made the cricket team as a bowler. Uh-huh. Um, that was fun for a while, but yeah, I wasn't interest like too interested in like pursuing it. Is it because you like the ridicule? Is it because people made fun of you? That or? was definitely part of it. Um, but no, nah, I was like always very cerebral and so it's just like inside my head a lot mm-hmm. um so the sports were a good outlet of just like taking a break from your brain basically mm-hmm. but it, it wasn't anything that like i would seek out like reading or drawing and stuff like that and so another thing i was doing you said around nine was piano classes piano okay those were really good for me because it's the same like repetition the learning you have to like take in a lot of information and then try to replicate it. I was the teacher's pet. <laughs> of, of course. <laughs> and so, yeah, mm. that, that, I really like that. Um, something like that where it's just like, okay, I'm learn Like the sports, you get the practice. Yes. But for something like learning the piano, it's just like the, learn, the learning aspect. The learning um, is, is fun for you. Mm-hmm. 
and also the memory because I would be guessing on a recital you're hitting notes and like not because yeah. your brain is naturally fit to to recall that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, and one prob the problem I had though with piano is my brain could recall whatever I saw uh -huh. in terms of to play it, but my motor skills weren't up to par, oh. and so I wouldn't know I was supposed to hit this key, um, but I wouldn't get the timing right, and then. Even though the teacher would be like, yeah, just keep playing. I would be like, no, I want the time and be like, exactly what you played. And like, I would just keep going over and over trying to match it. And so that was, that was a problem. So you, you, did you have a piano at home or? I got one later on, yeah. I see, so to drive your, your people crazy? <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. Like, you, can, you can turn the volume down now. Yeah, like, but in the room, the door closes. It's like, yeah, but the neighbors, you know? <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> that, that wasn't meant to say you're driving us insane basically you're driving us crazy turn it down darren and i could only imagine so, so were you so as fixed the same way were you like yeah i need to get this to be perfectly timed yeah you do that you call it the superpower but you can't really control it like oh. the hyper focus uh -huh. it, it just happens and mm. so you're just there and it's just like oh five hours pass while i've been trying to learn the top cat song it's just like oh okay and yeah that's it do you, do you experience, and that's a good, that's a good thing to kind of segue after, like, do mm -hmm. you experience time, like, like, because I remember one time we had a conversation and this was supremely interesting. Mm -hmm. You said that you often would be drawing, mm -hmm. um, or doing art, um, yeah. and you would start at like six in the afternoon and then like five o'clock in the morning, you're still at it and you yeah. haven't, you haven't like haven't distanced eaten. from it, haven't eaten, and, yeah. like, like. How do you how do you manage that like like as an adult like how do you deal with that kind of slippage? Well, because of like scheduling now, like a more rigorous schedule, like for work and stuff, mm -hmm. um, I fall into it less, but it still happens. Um, and it's always funny because you'd be like, okay, you know, I'm tired, had a long work there. Let me just do like a little editing or drawing to cool down, and it's just like, okay, cool, pull out the tablet. You start drawing, and then it's just like, it's just like, fall? Nah. It's like, okay, keep going. And it's like, well, in here, it's starting to feel hot. And then you realize the sun coming through the window. And it's just like, oh, man, okay. Ah, this again. Okay, time to go sleep. <laughs> and then it's just like, let's get our sleep before work the next day. Dude, that sounds, and I told you before, that sounds like the most unhealthy thing ever. <laughs> I, I just can't imagine, like, you just, like, da da da, -da. The, un the unhealthy part is forgetting to eat, because, like, sometimes I'd come home and be like, uh... Okay, really hungry. Like, is there anything that I could make? Like, mom, I would ask my mother, like, anything that I could put together to eat? And she's like, yeah, um, I did some stuff, some leftovers there. You could put a piece of bread or something. Then I would go in my room and I'd just be like, okay, let me do a little, like, um, reading. And then would start, find something interesting. And then out here, knock, knock, knock. He's like, you didn't say you were hungry. He's like, yeah, I'm still hungry. She's like, Dal, that was three hours ago. And then he's like, wait, what? Hours? And then I'm like, 10 chapters into the book and just like, oh, okay. Yeah, it was true. I was like, so yeah. Oh man. Okay. Um, so when did you, when did you pick up on reading? Like when did you, when did uh, you start? So small, my mother like was a really big reader mm -hmm. and she, I always saw with books and stuff and she would buy books for me and my brother. Mm -hmm. um, it'd be like, you know, some really young books with lots um, of pictures <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it started, uh, like Clifford the big red dog I had the whole box set for that because I really like Clifford um we had the Franklin turtle stuff like that and it would be um that and I think for a few of them like Franklin we mm -hmm. got some audio tapes so when we we're trying to sleep like those would play uh-huh um so I just just saw one step on like with the book 
Because you would and you yeah. wouldn't. Yeah. And so it would be like, okay, you get one tape and then you got to go to sleep. So then that would play and stuff later. Um, and then I just, I just like the stories because um, like you're existing in the place in your head uh-huh. and you deal with these characters and like all of it because... Um, oh, one thing about being on the spectrum, you tend to be like a very, a lot of people on the spectrum tend to be very visual thinkers. Mm-hmm. And so like in my head, I'm seeing all of this from Happening. the story. Yeah. And so um, just like, I, I like the aspect of it. And so whenever we'd be able to get new books, it's just like, yeah, I want this, I want this. Or just like whatever she brought is just like, okay, yeah, sure. And just like my little cousin now, which is funny to see her doing the same thing. It's just like, okay, can I get a bigger book next time? Like, because the books would run out too quickly. Because uh, the story is like, it's just a lot of fun just being in the stories. Uh-huh. Um, and you're, you're completely submerged into this yeah, world. It's kind of, yeah, like escapism, like of some course. people with music and stuff. And movies. Yeah. And so it's just like being in the stories. And then, yeah, um, started wanting like more complicated books and just like, started picking up my mom's books and whenever I would see any like adult things it's just like alright put the book back down next book <laughs> <laughs> any adult things Daryl that's the way you would say it yeah you know on a, you know, unprotected hand holding and stuff <laughs> unprotected hand holding Jesus you're just like alright time to put that it, book down it's amazing how, how, mu- how much reference that has to the time <laughs> we live in it now it's like hey 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 social distancing <laughs> right it's like, can't hey, be touching no, no, each no. other not Y'all unprotected in high school now, but we, we, we're not supposed to be walking that close together oh we're my breathing god on each other? No. <laughs> jesus please but the, the, the kind of books that you like is more is it more like fantasy stuff or kind of books that do you like indulge in more so <sighs> good question um back then or no i mean no i i would be thinking what no what books are you it's into, no? all over because I would be reading like a science book today. Mm-hmm. Um, then tomorrow I'd be like, you know, I mean, in the science mood, pick up, as you said, like a fantasy book or something. And just like, oh, wait, that gave me an idea for like some world building, but I need some more science to like back up that. And world back building? The, yeah, like you see something, you hear an interesting idea in a book. Uh-huh. And then it's just like, I wonder if this could be possible. So then you go back to the science book and it's just like, hmm, okay, yeah, you probably could like theoretically do this. It's just very hard to do. And then next day, I'd be like, okay, let's go to, like, like a young story, like Alice, like Alice in Wonderland. Or what's considered a young story. To me, it's, like, really Allegories, good Allegories, man. Yeah. Yo, Alice like in Wonderland is deep. really good. Yeah. There's um, a lot of metaphors in there. Mm-hmm. And then I would do, like, some, you call it, nonfiction, mm-hmm. where I would do, I could read probably a few biographies or something like that mm-hmm. it's it's all over how does but it I, I really like uh-huh. like as i like as a fallback uh-huh. like on an average day it would be a ya novel a <laughs> I really like that. young adult yeah. um th- the thing is as i really just said something and it probably it probably created a different mental image for mm-hmm. me when you said you would you'd be reading this concept or you'd be reading this book and you get mm-hmm. this idea mm-hmm. and then you go back over to your science books to see if it's, it's possible. It's like, oh, it's possible, but it's a little slim. Mm-hmm. Like, does this, like, translate back to, to your art and how you see the world somehow? Yeah, because, for sure. Yeah. Like, because <laughs> that's, that's what, like, when I'm doing, um, like, the fantasy pictures and study composites, mm-hmm. that's one part of the believability mm-hmm. aspect is because... I'm very grounded in science. And so when I want, I could depart from it just for the aesthetics. Mm-hmm. But most of the time I'm thinking like, okay, if I'm in this place, what would be possible here? What are the laws? So like, let's say I turn the gravity down to like 
point two, like twenty percent of what we have on Earth. Uh-huh. And it's just like okay, things of this weight and lower could be floating. And it's just like okay, so in this place, these things could float. And it's just like all right. So then, what can I put to make water go up to those things? And it's just like okay, if you have, you know, so on Earth right now, if you have a straw, yes. When you like suck to drink mm-hmm. from a straw, you create a mini vacuum in the straw. You do, yes. To pull the water up to you. Correct. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, all right, so you just need a tube of this length and then you transfer water up. All right, different things like that. And so all those details would just only be for me. Nobody else watching the pictures can care. Exactly. But all those things would be for me. Like when I'm painting or uh, um, making an image, mm-hmm. because like, it's just like, oh, yeah, this, this is really like just a cool thing to think about. Mm-hmm. And then whenever I'm done, I have the visual reference to just be like, okay, yeah, so this is what I mean when I'm saying like this thing is in me. And the, 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 thoughts, the, the thoughts in your head, they're compounded with, all of these different influences are, are yeah. creating, you're creating from all of these, you're pulling from all of these, these mm-hmm. directions. Do you find that like when you're doing work um, for, for us normal humans, I mean, for people, <laughs> um, do, you feel, do you feel like it's limiting for you? Do you feel like, like collaborating with, with people that don't have these influences is limiting mm. or is it? I mean, kind of. It, yes, it's limiting, but limiting isn't always bad. Mm. It, it's very limiting for sure. But um, it's, it's like giving an artist like a blank piece of paper mm-hmm. and say you could use whatever materials you want, whatever like paint you want, make a picture. Like, they're not gonna, I would freeze up. Yeah, I think most other artists would be like, yeah, ah, I'll make sure. Yes, exactly. Or if I tell you, hey, Steven, you could create a movie, you got unlimited budget, I wouldn't know and unlimited start. time. I wouldn't like, know it. To yeah, so. Um, when you like limit yourself to a point, it's good for the creativity because it's just like, okay, you have a few tools. What can I make with these tools? What different like combinations I can use for them? What iterations? How many iterations I can make of it? Um, stuff like that. So when um, I have to do like more norm, quote, normal work, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I have, I'm inside, I have these boxes uh-huh. that I could play inside. It's like, what? can I do that's different in each box? Correct, yeah. correct. If the box is the limit, because the limitations is, is what drives the innovation. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't have any limitations, then you're going to get complacent and you might not even have the urgency to do anything. Yeah, it's, it's like, probably wouldn't even start. You wouldn't start because it's like, it, 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 you know, there's this concept, um, I don't know, maybe you don't have to deal with it, mm-hmm. um, but some of us do. Where you want to do something, mm-hmm. And you tell everybody uh-huh. that this is what you want to do. Like, for example, say I wanted to, um, to write a book, right? Mm-hmm. So I said, Daryl, mm-hmm. want to write a book? And, Dar- and you, 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 you know, you're trying to be supportive. So you'll be like, Stephen, go for it. This mm-hmm. is great. Do it. And then I go and I say, Nicole, I want to write a book. And uh-huh. Nicole says, yeah, you know, I've been waiting for you to write this book. You're ready. You're good. You do it. You do you it. some stories to tell. You know, I got, mm-hmm. yeah, do it, do it, do it. And then you go to like eight other people and all of them give you the same sort of like positive feedback. Mm-hmm. Now, that's all good and great. Yeah. But then you might never write the book because you've already gotten. Garnered the support. You've garnered anyway. all of the, the support and the enthusiasm and mm-hmm. the praise mm-hmm. for doing something that you haven't done yet. That's true. So it's like sometimes, again, you might not have to deal with this because mm. I don't think I don't think you're you're not really like a big social media guy to no. say like, guys, this is what I'm gonna do next, right? But there's always an issue when you I when have you're to broadcast. practice doing that actually. 
to, to actually say, tell people what you're doing now. Yeah. Not what you're doing. Because we don't know what you're doing next. Like, well, that's you think, true, yeah. This, well, now. this morning, like, I had to be like, Daryl, this is next level. <laughs> you're like, thanks, thanks. I was really searching for it. This is amazing. And it's beautiful, by the way. Um, but yeah, I'm just saying, like, sometimes when you, when you, I mean, the box, in terms of being in the box or whatnot, mm. you could re-innovate if you're limited. Mm. But usually when, when you're very, like, when you have too much resources, you don't innovate at all. In fact, you don't. Sometimes you don't end up doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's also quite, I have so much questions because I um, think... I could give a semi-example. Remember the questions, please. Yeah, no, okay. I don't have to remember them, man. They're coming <laughs> dynamically. All right. Well, something kind of like that is... Um, you Okay, so let's say I'm like one track, like focused on getting this, like, anime thing to look really good mm-hmm. like I get shading down and everything this is back in high school and I finished like drawing that face uh-huh. and it's just like okay this is the best anime face I've drawn this looks really cool it came out how I wanted to like this is how it looked in my head uh-huh. it's like nice um, and then like my sister would come uh-huh. she saw it she, my sister came she saw it and she was like why well, are your drawings look like Goku and I was just like this oh, is not Goku no! It's just like th- this. Look, anything. This isn't even the same style as Dragon Ball Z. But like, she's just jinky. She's, she's, she's into that stuff. Yeah, she just sees anime. It's just like, oh, everything is Goku. Everything is Goku. <laughs> so it's just like, so I was like, okay, cool. Challenge accepted. And so I spent the next what two weeks mm-hmm. drawing. I, I was like, hey, you have any pictures of her, uh, Max? <laughs> um, and Dal, if you had any pictures of her, I was <laughs> like, I was just like, okay, cool. Uh, I think I like this one. It's like, okay. Had the picture up on the computer, watching it. Tried first. Didn't look good. Tried again. Okay, this looks like a monkey. It's just like, okay, you know, let's start at one place where you could focus uh-huh. and keep going. And so I just went piece by piece. Um, and then over the next two weeks, it was just like, okay, after school, one hour, let's go. And then at the end of the two weeks, I had a portrait of her done. And I just went over, slammed it down on her desk. And I was just, I was like, does this look like Goku now? Oh, so um, it's not that um, you, I didn't have, it's not for like not having the praise, but my mindset was I want to do this anime thing. Mm-hmm. But she kind of took me out to that like circle Space, yeah. to say, hey, try some realism. And then I got the realism done from that. So uh, it's like the, you, you accepted the challenge of it. Yes. And you didn't tell her like beforehand, like, no. hey, this is what I'm going to no. do. You just didn't know what did I was it. doing. Yeah. And then came, I was just like, yes. Uh, that's, that's exceptional, man. I, I, I don't even know. I, I, I don't know. I have a very, like, big appreciation for artists because mm. um, art is really, like, the, 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 the well, art, painting, mm. or drawing, sketches, those are, like, the arts of addition to me. Mm. And to start from a blank canvas, right? Mm. And basically everything on that page, you had, you to, added, it had to be a decision yeah. made to put that there, like the, the position, the shading, the depth, the everything, mm-hmm. even even whole lines are running in parallel. Yeah. Uh, if they run in zigzags, the <laughs> textures, everything. Every decision on that page is mm-hmm. made by the artist that has the pencil, the pen, the brush, the whatever. Yeah. I appreciate that because that to me takes a level of not just understanding but craft mm-hmm. that simply putting a camera I'm not saying that photographers don't have the work to do because if you have to they go on the opposite spectrum yeah. I mean setting a scene and 
you know, capturing something artistic mm. from something that might be seen as a mundane thing yeah. is, and is an art in and of itself. But I find our art to be, as photographers, the art more of subtraction than addition. Mm. You're trying to communicate something either very clearly, mm-hmm. aesthetically beautiful. So you're, you're, you're basically saying... I have all of this to play with. And I'm going to cut a snippet But I just need, a, I just, I don't need all of this. Mm-hmm. You know, to say what I need to say, I just need it's this. Space, yeah. But with, the, with painting and sketching is the opposite direction. It's, I have to build from the ground up. I have to tell you something, but I don't have anything <laughs> to, <yeah>. yet. <laughs> but, so, so, which is why, like, sometimes even, and this is like a little tangent, but mm-hmm. I don't know. When I look at speed painters... Yeah, um, I know you like them. I, I love them. I, I realized you did a few recently. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. <laughs> Um, but when I look at speed painters or speed painting or speed sketches and so on, mm-hmm. oftentimes where they start, right, is mm-hmm. so far yeah. from what this end product is going to be that they, you're literally lost sometimes for 70 to 80%. Mm-hmm. What, what are you trying to do? <laughs> Unless there's like, there's a recreation, like sometimes there's a recreation, like they're, maybe they're doing something like that's already been done. or something? Yeah, like... They, they show you a photograph, this is what they're trying to do. Yeah. So at least you know, okay, well, that stroke is for that part of the apple mm. or whatever the case is. One is like an imaginative composition or something. Of course. But if it's just from the block, from the dome, it's like, what yeah. the hell <laughs> is this person doing? <laughs> Until it's done and you're like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. You know, from watching like speed paint sensor, you think like, oh, I need to like get my fundamentals down, get this out, get all this thing down, start shading and what's not. Yeah, do a pre-sketch. Approach, yeah, your pre-sketch and what's not. And these like masters, you see them get up and just like, and you're always thinking about time too. Like, oh, I got to try to paint fast to like match up with these speed paint people. Mm, No. Please don't do that if you're an artist. Anybody listening, like do not try to keep up with the speed painters. No. They're professionals just doing things that are kind of relatively familiar or easy to them. Correct. That's why they could do it that fast. Experience. And so, you see the master painters now, they have found their own rhythm like over <laughs> the years. And so they get up, just like a brush stroke here, one over here, one over here. And it's just like, even if you're like in art for years, you don't know what they're doing. It's just like, okay. And then it's just like, okay, come on to here. Walk away from the canvas. Step back. It's just like, you're looking at four lines. What are you, what are you observing? Come back over. Okay, I build a big curved swoop. And it's like, oh, wow, that's what he's drawing. He's drawing a freaking face, bro. Yeah. What the hell? That's Martin like, Luther. How are you doing that? Yeah. And like, just a few lines. A and you already know lines, who it is. A few lines, and bro. And it's like, how are y'all like this good at refinement? There's, there's a level. And I think there's like a zone, Daryl. Mm. Where you, you get to an experience level. And some people do it um, talent. They, they just have a yeah. natural talent for this. Mm. I don't mix with them people. <laughs> right? Some people, it's, it's, it's skill and experience. Mm. And because of the experience, they know the, the, the shot, kind of like the shortcuts yeah. to get things to look a certain way. The, mm. There's this guy who paint, he does these, these, these artistic works with um, like powder. Mm. Mm. Uh, it, sometimes he could even do it on a dirty car or whatever <laughs> and just make faces. And these faces... You, there's no mistake. The, the, like, the likeness is spot on. If he's doing Drake, mm-hmm. that you there's no other Drake. person. This is Drake. And he's doing it on the back of a dirty car. He's a barber as well. Nice. Like, I am just like flabbergasted. What, what level are you on? Yeah. Me and Shirley Widow just call them 
aliens. Like these people, they're not um, they're not of us. They're not human beings. They came here. They don't know what to do with themselves. They have all these talents and skills that they were using on mm-hmm. Mars and Venus, and now they have to bring it, and they don't know what to do with it. So it's like our human brains are just in. We can't calculate it. Mm-hmm. They're aliens, bro. Like you're an alien. <laughs> like there's, there's, you're just walking among us, acting all human. And you guys are not. Me an alien the other day. You guys are not. You're <laughs> aliens, right? But but you had one other thing that you were saying. You you, you mentioned two two Good points. Good job. Third point. Thank you. Um, so the third thing now mm-hmm. is uh, relating it back to like growing up on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And as I said, it's just like always like oh Daryl is weird and full stop. That's it. Um, and so like. It would be, it would range from things that like are very visible to things that are like just I would notice. Mm-hmm. Um, but like an easy one is like not making eye contact with people. And it's just like, why is this child not watching people in the face when he's talking to them all the time? Mm-hmm. Um, something like that could be like a, a marker to be like, okay, maybe something is up. Um, like noises like set him off really easily. Uh, which again, we live in Saint Kitts. Like you're gonna hear noise and wong, 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 yeah, wong. people on the carnival. Carnival was ah, d- d- mm. so, then, so noises, noises mess you up. Like yeah, like especially unexpected noises. because oh. um, there's a lot. Of, it's really easy um, to get like op- sensory overload, mm. and so you have to like watch your stimuli um, because like things like if if it's too much, too many visuals. Um, it could overload you too much sense like I walk into a kitchen it would feel like it's choking me stuff like what? that what? oh you didn't know I okay. didn't notice alright so one thing uh, so okay so about people who are on the spectrum um, they're very sensitive and so um, some people like sometimes wonder like oh you could see that fire or like how you seeing detail in this thing when you watch it mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. part of like the art training but like also like my eyes just work like that normally because and so we're very sensitive, like you keyed into your senses a lot. And so, um, like, sometimes I would freak people out where, like, my mom would step into the car or something uh-huh. and be like, oh, you had cook up for lunch? And we'd be like, that'll stop it. <laughs> you, you're usually right? Yeah. Because, like, your senses, like, you're um, smelling, like, any of your senses. The thing is, I think I'm making this out to be something great, but it, is it is it's it annoying. Yeah, you gotta be yeah, difficult. Yeah, because like you can't control how how keyed in your senses are, and so you have to take like a lot of sensory breaks. And so, um, something I do, and I think a lot of people do, it, it could be different things, like just finding the dark rooms to like catch yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you don't have a lot of light or noise or anything. A dark, quiet room. Mm-hmm. Um, something I do is like use noise canceling headphones, and I just close my eyes, try to like get some ambient noise in, mm-hmm. and like refocus to be like, okay, this is a good. Like you're kind of recalibrating your ears basically, because then if whenever like the sensory overload kicks in, mm-hmm. it's like I'm here. Imagine being in a classroom, and uh, you're Dude. trying to focus on your paper, and you're hearing every single conversation in the classroom, and it's just like stop it, stop it, stop it, and it's just like that. That's where some of the meltdowns come in. We we see on TV like children freaking out and yeah. stuff. Is that's what's happening? Um, it's the sensory overload. It's all of it coming in, and you can't get to filter it. Um, and so that's Whoa. why professionals tend to say like we have a kind of unfiltered view of the world because normally people just like yeah you could just ignore. passing through and it's just like oh yeah, blocked out ignore, yeah. and that's the thing growing up people be saying oh just black it out and just like I can't I can't block it all and I wouldn't know why it's like how are all y'all doing this like is this something like I didn't learn to do and it just be all this like coming in 
and then it would freak people out too because going back to the recall thing because I'm hearing every single conversation when I'm trying to concentrate on my work let's say three weeks from that day I would come and somebody would be telling me something and mm-hmm. be like, oh like when you and Jim were um, playing outside and, and you, you trip and him. get cut yeah and you tell them like, and you tell them like hey man I'm playing with you no more but I see you in gym today and it's just like well, how you know that happened it's just like I mean you were talking about it it's just like not to you and it's like oh the other day you, you were mentioning it it's like that one the other side of the class it's just like ah it's just like stop stalking and it's just like I'm not a stalker it's just like I can't, I can't filter it dude and the thing is look man look, look so, so so wow okay um <laughs> because our our community is not very good at this yeah. I, I don't know we, we're not I, I, I would hope that we gain better but I'm not sure because we're slowly getting better from what I see but okay. it's because I'm not part very, of the, I don't have to I don't have to deal with it so I don't you would mm. have to say but I'm just like <laughs> people would always almost almost always lean on you being willful yes with what you're doing yes. versus I'm trying to cope with this. You don't yes. understand. I can't shut I you can't out. Stop this. Yeah. Like you, you speaking a secret. My ears are tuned to a high level. I could, mm-hmm. I could hear you. I'm not trying to hear you. Yeah. But I could hear, you. and I could also hear multiple things happening at the same time. Yeah. How and do you? Mm-hmm. How do you? Um, like in a classroom, mm-hmm. how do you complete an examination when you could hear? Every shift of paper, every time the the teacher is writing something, you could hear literally the pencil hitting the paper. Like, how do you, how did you do? How did you cope with that? How did you? Before I learned how to cope with it, the easiest way to get around it was to not study for the exam. What? That's yeah. That's gonna sound weird. But Explain. So because so like if you study, then it's just like. Okay, well, I just write back what, what I read, like the day before, however. Let's mm-hmm. say you cram. Um, but if, well, for me, when I didn't study, it's just like, okay, so let's say we have a math exam the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, no, let's say social studies. Okay. Um, and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to study for this. Um, maybe look at the book for like um, 10 minutes or so, but not no hard studying. Mm-hmm. Then when I go in, in order to know how to answer the questions, I would have to think back to when the teacher taught it in class. Mm. And so during that recall, it takes focus sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I would be like jumping back and be like, oh, okay, this is when the teacher was saying this. And then basically just write down what the teacher said. Like I would play it back in my head. Uh-huh. And so because I'm in my head so much, I would block out the rest of students. Oh, so you hyper-focus to um, not deal yes. with the... But if you had to study hard, what, what, what would it be? It would be that... Then you, it, it, it would... Too easy? Yeah, it, essentially... It'd be too easy, and so I'd, my brain would just wander and focus on everything else. So I'd be hearing oh. people like scratching out words on their paper and stuff like that. So it's just like, okay, let's let's scale back on the study, dude. I <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know. So, what is the most difficult um thing for you, like dealing with this? I mean, we did talk about some challenges, but mm-hmm. what what would you say is the most difficult thing about being different the way that you are different? Uh, if I had to single it out, it would be social interactions. Oh, man. Like, I like, feel like every man could say that. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm but, like, uh, it's, okay, since it's small, it's just like, as I said, like, um, like the not looking at people, the being super anxious before meeting or while talking to people. Like, when I started working, like having to deal with clients, yeah. Um, I, 
you know, it's normal to be nervous at first. Of course. Uh-huh. I had it to the point where while trying to speak to them, because, you know, clients are looking at you directly and like coming yeah, they're very, and everything. They're trying to get everything. I would feel so, so nervous that I used to feel like I want to vomit. And what? so I would have to like walk away. <laughs> Like for like after like whenever I get a break, walk away, hide behind a wall, like catch myself. As I said, um, the like, um, what do I call it? The stimulus breaks. This this sensory break. sensory Sorry. sensory yeah. overload break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I feel like I want to throw up or something. And it's just like, okay, Harry, come down, relax, and that's just talking to them. And it's just like once the work starts, I can focus. But then like just dealing with talking to people, it's hard. And then like growing up, as I said, with like bullying from school, and so. Kind of like doesn't give you the best view of, of, of people, yeah. yeah. And so you just kind of feel like everybody is going to treat you like that. Um, and then not understanding what people are saying mm. that's a big one because you know, like locally, like on top of dialect, we have people have like different ways of communicating where it's just like you say something and everybody kind of know what a person means, yeah. It's subtext, yeah. I never know. The subtext. And so I'm like looking around like, okay, why is everybody nodding? Why is everybody laughing? What's, what's this thing about? And then when I ask a question like, oh, was that a joke? They would laugh thinking like I'm joking about but it. You're trying just, to get clarification. I'm actually trying to like find out. Or like it took me <laughs> like almost a decade to understand sarcasm. Like because my siblings would be using it, my cousins would be using it. And I would just wonder, like, why are they saying these things? Yeah, it's and just mean, laughing. right? Yeah. And so I'm just like, you can explain this? And then, thankfully, um, my cousin, Andrew, uh-huh. favorite person in the world, like, he, he had the patience, like, to, to coach me through a lot of things. Because he, like, I don't know if he suspected that I was on the spectrum or something, but he would just, like, always try to help me out in dealing with people. Mm-hmm. And be like, okay, you could try... Like doing this, when you could talk to somebody, you could think about this thing just to get your mind off of it, so you ain't like too cute in and stuff. Like a lot of different tips. Or even say like, okay, you try to work through it, and mm-hmm. then afterwards you could go catch yourself or whatever, and different things like that. Or he would give me like different tips on like, okay, when people say this, That's, if this they sound I mean. like this, they probably mean, mean this. something like that. Yeah. And so he would run me through a lot of things, and um, I would just learn from that. Uh, but yeah, like social interaction is a lot because people use a lot of non-verbals and stuff. Mm-hmm. In my head, y'all are mind readers, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like you say we're aliens, y'all are mind readers to me because you would say something and then like give a glance and like it everybody else the in the room would know, okay, yeah, I know what he means. Yeah. And it's just like, well, how, 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 did, how does he know that they are picking it up correctly? And how did they know like that he meant something by that? It's just like, he couldn't just be, I was twitching or something. It's just like, what and yeah so a lot of that stuff like i have to learn it like a subject so whereas something like math would come naturally to me mm-hmm. like um just like you give me the numbers okay i know what to do mm-hmm. um in primary school like i used to get in trouble <laughs> for that because teachers you know um would want you to show your working and stuff uh-huh. like in grade one and stuff correct um i wouldn't show any working because i would just look at it and just kind of just know the answer um <laughs> and so it's like is he cheating and like in grade two, it got so bad <laughs> that my grade two teacher kept giving me harder and harder questions because she, she kept thinking I was cheating because I wouldn't show any working. Uh-huh. And then let's say she said 22 plus 18 and uh-huh. I would just have 40. And then she'd be like, well, how you know it's 40? And just like, okay, so my brain tell me it's 40, right? And then I work backwards. I'm minus 18 and I got 22 and that was the answer. So she was like, but then how you get 40? It's just like, I just know it's 40. <laughs> And so, 
Um, we'd be like, he cheats. And so then she'd keep, keep giving me how to have questions. questions. Until at one point, uh, she gave me some homework. And uh, um, my mother sighed and she was like, why are you working on this? And I was like, oh, the teacher gave it to me. And then she was like, Kim, my, the sister older than me, mm-hmm. she was in like first or second form. No, she, yeah, she was going to high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just like, yeah, it's something similar to this the other day. It's just like, yeah. Who 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 this from? It's just like this is dial work, and it's just like, oh, I'm doing y'all level of work, <laughs> and so the teachers were like, yeah, we gotta keep an eye on this boy. <laughs> like what the hell? Um, you, so yeah, uh-huh. and so like that would come naturally to me, but then like Human learning how to like talk to somebody, I would have to go and study, 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 and be like, okay, this facial, like this, when they move these muscles on their face, it means that when they look like this, it doesn't mean they're hungry, it means they're upset. And, like, I would have to, like, learn all those things. Whereas I think with most people, they come innately, like, you just know. Intuitive. It, it could be in yeah, some parts. Yeah, they're kind parts, of, like, intuitive. intuitive. Mm. Um, and, and culture, too. Yeah, and um, so I would actually have to go, like, reading about, like, emotion and facial expressions and stuff well, like that. Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you, um, Daryl. Mm. Communication is one of the most difficult things because human beings are, are very emotional, mm-hmm. like quite, like super, like most of the decisions we make are emotional, mm-hmm. emotionally weighted decisions, mm-hmm. which is why, anyway, let's move on. <laughs> um, anyway, it's mostly emotional. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, emotions are drawn from cultural context. Mm-hmm. And they're also, when I say culture, not just like the community culture, but it, there could be internal cultures as well. Yeah. Like you have a culture between you and somebody, some mm-hmm. reform, some rapport, that you share specifically so like them the inside jokes yeah. and stuff come like that. You see somebody mm. snickering and he's like, you don't get a joke because it's because inside. They, know. Yeah. they have an, insert, an internal culture. So it's, mm. it's really circles upon circles upon circles upon circles. Now, there's some underlying so psychological... to learn that, like, structurally. <laughs> um, it, it would, if you're not, if you, if you don't have the basic building blocks, it's going to mm. be like, learning a new language like it's gonna be crazy but I'll, I'll be honest with you i do a lot of of communication studying like mm. i like watch youtube videos to try to get better at communicating oh, with people. So good at it. Mm-hmm. I, some people are innately good at it but the ones that i know of they're not mm. um there was this one lady and i'll call her name because she, i think she's absolutely amazing her name is sharon stevens uh-huh um and when I was about 21 or 22, mm-hmm. um, was, I, was, I that, was I that young? Was I older? <laughs> I think I was older. I think I had to be like maybe 24, 25 or something. I was working at a visitor channel. 25. And I'd already met you then. Uh-huh. Yeah, you, you had. Mm-hmm. Um, even though you were really young, I think, at some point when I met you first. But mm. beyond, beyond <laughs> that, what I'm saying is she taught me the power of communication just by looking at her communicate with clients. Like, mm. some of the things she would have said, I would be like, wait, but that ain't, that's mm. not, are you inappropriate? <laughs> is that not inappropriate? But what I learned to understand is that human beings feel more comfortable mm. with people who are a, a certain level of honest. Mm. Now, it only goes along if you have, if you are attractive. And, yeah. and, and I'll be, I'll be, I'll be That's very honest. attractive, you need to have some kind of charm. Yes, you have to be, yeah. you have to have a level of charm and it has to verberate in some, some way, some form of sexy way. For example, I'll, I'll use that same young lady, that same lady as an example because I mm. think she, she mastered it to me, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Whenever we went to meetings, yeah, all right, she would do something called putting on her face, which is she'd put on her makeup, yeah. she would wear very nice clothes, like like super nice. Like she would look 
absolutely stunning. Mm -hmm. She goes to these meetings and guess what? She could say whatever she wants. And these guys don't get, don't feel disrespected. Mm -hmm. And I was still like, with my jaw dropped, it's like, what are you like, yes, doing? Thank you're, you for insulting my product. You're insulting the client. Like, how do you get? But the reason mm -hmm. she got away with it, because while she was talking to them, mm -hmm. their gaze or their eyes or their, their attention, their attention wasn't on what she was saying exactly. Mm -hmm. But they were like, my God, she's lovely. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? And that distracts away from the, 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 the punchiness. Yeah, I know I've noticed with people like that. So like, even if their, their attention is kind of on like, okay, she's insulting us. They do it in such a way where the overall feeling mm -hmm. like mixed with the, the charm and the attractiveness Correct. and stuff is like, I mean, well, that wasn't too bad. Like, hey, okay, I'm interested. And she's nice. Yeah. She, she's going to say something mean, and mm -hmm. then she's going to say something nice. I had a girl in my class. Like, I used to have to study her back in high school. Like, how oh, is she so good at the same thing? Where is, she kind of had her, like, putting on her face thing. But when she spoke to people, she would, like, tell them they're wrong. Like, mock them, um, build them up. And by the end, it's just like, oh, thank you. And just like... But she just insults you like five different times. Yeah, but the thing and is, like, it, again, oh, so good. it's subtext and context because yeah. certain things you could say, I could say, you know, you're really, really rude. I find it really attractive. You know, <laughs> it, like, I'm, it's like jeering and pulling it back and mm. like, it's just punching and... Because every joke, mm. the thing with jokes and, and, and being funny is that every joke has a victim. Mm -hmm. they, it's the butt. They, right, there's Dave a Chappelle. Yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's important. There's a butt to every joke. Sometimes mm -hmm. the butt of the joke is somebody who you don't know and yeah. you probably will never know. And they could be the butt of the joke. Mm -hmm. And none of us would feel offended. Mm -hmm. now, if you're the butt of the joke, the only way that it could be funny is, is if, if there's the some joke. release. Yes, if there's some release mm -hmm. and there's some rapport. Yeah. So there must be a release and a rapport. So if I'm going to mm -hmm. say, bye, you look really ugly and if you didn't have money... I don't know what you do. No, exactly. first of all, it, I wouldn't say that to you. But if I said that to okay. you, mm -hmm. you wouldn't feel anywhere because it's like me and you have a good rapport. And you're mm -hmm. like, he doesn't mean that. He's just being a fool, right? Yeah. And, and you laugh because there's like, there's rapport and there's release. It's like, if you didn't mm -hmm. have money or uh, if I said something funny, like, oh, well, you know, you fell down on your face, but you know, you got a tough face. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, mm -hmm. There's a release to it. There's a, there's a, there's a punch. Yeah. But again, I, I completely understand what you're saying. If I didn't understand these things and see it happening, like I had to get examples of this happening in real life mm -hmm. to be able to use it as a case study. What could I get away with saying here? Mm -hmm. Like, what could I get away with doing? Um, one person who like completely amazes me regularly is my coworker, Sharali. She, she uh -huh. amazes me. Her depth of perception in like human body language yeah. is far in I, I don't know it's like in the stratosphere compared to my root we were talking about it this is part of where we get along because yeah like having to like study it I'm always like looking out for it and like she's just picking up on those things I'm easy. just like okay you're cool easy easy she's mm. and she 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 reigns me in more often and now she's like you didn't realize that a person was offended right and I was like no they weren't they laughed it's like they it's laughed like, Stephen but they didn't like it mm-hmm they didn't like it at all. I was like, it was a good time. No, it wasn't. Mm -hmm. You got to be careful. You're out here, you're in these streets, playing with people, playing with fire, you need to I stop. Would be like, I should be like, I, um, like maybe you don't want to ask this thing like that um, next time. I was just like, 
what happened? I was smiling. I was just like, yeah, but you didn't see any crow's feet. So it wasn't a genuine smile. It wasn't genuine. Like, exactly. Oh, okay. She, her level of body language perception is, is incredible. It's like, I love it. what are you watching? I, I didn't even see that. Of course you didn't because you're paying attention to what you were saying. Mm-hmm. You're not paying attention to what to they them. were reacting. Mm-hmm. The only reason they laughed is to release the tension. Like yeah. people tend to do that too. Like, like if somebody says something incredible, like, this is utterly ridiculous. Like, like non sequitur. Tripped on a banana and like she fell over into a vat of oil, and then somebody came across Chip with a match, and then boof. And she's like, uh, uh, yeah. But I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah, she's fine. She's, <laughs> you know, like, like, but they say that, and like, you have to laugh because otherwise the energy would be uncomfortable. And people don't like being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. They would rather laugh than be uncomfortable mm. and once you get them laughing then it's like their guards everybody's guards so then it just lowers the the energy in the room becomes so much more cool and calm and mm. it's less nervous and everybody feels good it's like if somebody comes out with some truth like if suppose three of us were listed here and dave Chappelle did a bomb act or something and we're like yo dave Chappelle act was like we're all strangers mm-hmm. and the person says you know, Dave Chappelle was really crappy the other night, man. And then mm. you chip in like, yeah, he was really... The tension in the room drops all the way because we found a common ground. Like, yeah. Everybody could at least admit that he wasn't really good that night. You mm. know what I mean? Very and fictional it, example, but good. It, it, fictional because <laughs> he's never going to bomb. Exactly. But, but everybody just... Because we have a commonality, that we, we become closer for it. And it creates friendships even in that small... Mm-hmm. Scenario like you, you could get your lifelong best friend in that scenario yeah. easily. Yeah, shared experience is like really important. It's strong, it's mm-hmm. powerful. Um, and yeah, one thing people don't notice uh-huh. about people on the spectrum or don't think about for people on the spectrum is this thing called masking. Because mm-hmm. one thing, um, in my experience and other people who are on the spectrum, whenever they tell the people they're close to, or even, like, let's say friends. The mm-hmm. people they're close to usually understand. But, like, friends and stuff, like, well, you don't look autistic. And it's like, what does that mean? And it's just like, oh, you don't act like how I would expect it to be? To like, be, yeah. And it's just like, well, that's just the way you're seeing. Our brains are still working in that way. And so masking is basically um, what you do when you're trying to function. Um, fit in more like? Yeah, to fit in with regular, like, in social interactions mm-hmm. and people and stuff. Um, so like let's say like eye contact that's usually a big one like macro for people mm-hmm. we're just like hey where are you looking and stuff like that so like looking now where do you think I'm looking um, you're not looking at me because mm-hmm. I think you're just you, you bring attention to it mm-hmm. um, are you looking behind me at the computer yes okay. and so things like that you learn where it's just like it looks like I'm making eye, t- eye mm-hmm. contact or something but I'm um, looking past you yeah and so different things you have to be aware of like being hyper aware of social cues because they're very easy to miss mm-hmm. um, and all those little things and like trying to make sure your body language like mirrors what you're trying to say because that happens a lot where people misread me or I think I'm upset or something uh-huh. when my face is just relaxed yeah, resting B face um, <laughs> okay where, uh, it's just like uh-huh. well so so what happened is just like this good thing happened and it's just like you, you don't seem so and it's just like oh this is how I seem like all the time if I just talking when I'm relaxed so you legit have to make and you have to make effort to yeah so like let's say somebody say oh Dal you just win $500 it's like okay thank you and it's just like you don't look excited it's just like well, you didn't want the prize it's just like yeah happy that one like I wrote the essay and it's just like okay, okay um, take your picture and it's just like thanks and it's just like you weren't happy so it's just like yeah I finally get to buy my piano and it's just like 
her, but your face is just like straight. It's not, and it's just it's not like, showing it. Yeah, and so <laughs> I think a quote I heard from this comedian Hannah Gatsby. Uh-huh. She's on the spectrum as well. She said, "Like being autistic is like you." Sometimes what happens with the resting bee face is that your brain is happy, but it forgets to tell your face. Oh, no. <laughs> and so that would happen and people would misread you a lot. And so you have to be like aware of like what you're putting what on, you're which is mm-hmm. what it's called masking, as well as like trying to read people and be like, okay, maybe you're picking up this thing correct, that thing correct. Which is why earlier I was saying like part of the social interaction being like um, a task, like a mm-hmm. big burden is... You have to be aware of all that all the time when interacting with people. Unless it's people like you have a rapport with or really comfortable, yeah. then you can like be your weird self and like they don't mind. And they don't mind. Your brain yeah. just gets a brick and that feels really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I like whenever I could do that with people. And like other people I've spoken to who are on the same thing. It's just like, yeah, your brain could just like relax. And it's just like, yeah, because you're not talk. thinking. Yeah. Because you're not, not only thinking, thinking about like, what you're saying, okay, but you're thinking about like how this. you look. Yeah. And oh, bad posture is another <laughs> thing about people on the spectrum. It's, big, it's part of, um, you know, it's proprioception. Proprioception, what's that? It's um, your body's awareness of itself. So, like, oh. I could tell you close your eyes and show me your left hand. Okay. So, you have your left hand up. Yep. You don't have to think about where no, your left hand is. No. You just know. I um, think I had to think about it just now because I was like, <laughs> I was going to lift up my right hand. I was like, oh, that would be stupid. Let's put the left hand up instead. <laughs> yeah, it's like your body, like, knowing where it is. Mm-hmm. Um, because of, like, how much input your brain is getting, sometimes you could feel like, you're not connected to your body in a way. I don't know how to mm. explain it, but you mm. feel like you're just your brain oh, <laughs> taking in snap. all these things. And so, like, sitting weird or, like, fidgeting, stuff like that is part of, like, reminding your body, like, okay, yeah, we're here. We exist. This is where, I, yeah, this is where I am. And it kind of grounds you while you're trying to concentrate on all these other things, like mm. masking and so. While you're in your cerebral space, doing something physical just keeps you grounded. Yeah, then. which is why you ask for the paper. You ask for the paper yeah. and the pen. And I realize that's just like, I know what he's about to do. Yeah, so it's like... Whenever. I've been around Daryl before. <laughs> I know he has to use his hands. Like, he got to do something. And like, if, if it was a situation where, like, you weren't cheering, mm-hmm. then I would be imagining that you would be sketching something immediately. Yeah. Like, your brain would be like, um, okay, let's just sketch something. Um, let's mm-hmm. just move. move. And so it's like taking up that part of your focus so mm-hmm. you could concentrate so on could the concentrate. conversation. Exactly. Like, I need to do something else so that I could... Focus on this too. Mm-hmm. So I could be loaded yes. enough. Not overloaded, but loaded. And you know what's funny too? One mm-hmm. thing, uh, I watched something the other day. We're getting into nerd territory. Like yeah, deep nerd. Audience. Deep mm-hmm. nerd, deep nerd. Um, somebody said, you know what we don't um, realize? Mm-hmm. We are traveling through air mm-hmm. at all times. No, no. Well, to space. To space. But mm-hmm. we're in our atmosphere. Yeah, you're Earth, walking through air. We're walking through air, which... Mm-hmm. You could see as a fluid if you want to, yeah. Because it's made it's up of sparse. It, it's mm. sparse. It's not. It's not. Um. It's not dense. It's, not it's very. Yeah. Right. No. This is the thing. Mm. The guy said he made an example. He said he sounds if like he, me, boy. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was um. What was his name? One of the brothers. I can't remember name. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Anyway, he says if it wasn't for ear, mm-hmm. right, slowing down particles falling from the sky. For example. Mm-hmm. Um, snowflakes, mm-hmm. right? They would fall at such a velocity that they would literally rip you to shreds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This thing that Which like... Which is why like if I drop... You hear the plane outside. Yes. If I drop a marble from that plane, if we didn't have air slowing it down, it would like fall through your head. Correct. Yeah. Or make an Im- immense crater because there would be no terminal velocity. Exactly. The air actually is what dictates terminal, terminal velocity, velocity yeah. not gravity. Yeah. Gravity is force. Is the air resist, the wind resistance the wind pushing resist, you back up. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So like this thing that we take for granted, it's literally keeping us from dying mm-hmm. every day. 
and then like mass destruction. <laughs> imagine now, imagine you just walking around, not like thinking about you, it. You don't even care. Mm. Like, do you concentrate on breathing yes. for ninety? Oh Jesus! The wrong person. Remember, unfiltered. Correct. correct, correct. <laughs> the, okay, I wanna say, I wanna say, do you focus on breathing ninety nine point nine percent of the time? No, because yeah, it's just like uh, what you call it's it, auto, involuntary action. Yeah, like mm. your brain is actually doing this. Is autonom- autonomous? Mm. It's not autonomous. What is it called? That? Autonomous could work. Is it autonomous? Yeah, it could mm. work. It just it just functions. It just yeah. happens. Because if it doesn't happen, you will die. Uh, a good one for me is you don't always notice that your nose is always obstructing your field of view. Oh, snap! <laughs> People with glasses have to deal with it. But then even after a while... It goes... Yeah. Because it, your it mind filters, filters that out. it out, yeah. It, which is the reason why we have two eyes. Mm-hmm. Well, that and depth perception. Depth perception, of course, mm. depth perception. But like, but yeah, your nose is always blocking your sight. Jesus, peace it you is. Just filter it out. And the only time you realize is if you look for it, like you have to close an eye mm-hmm. and like, oh shabba, <laughs> this is like, oh my god. But then you know, you know what's amazing with your brain. And this is what I keep telling people about, like even things like photography and visual arts, right? Mm-hmm. Is that your mind fills in all the blank spots for you, mm-hmm. right? So if you're looking at something, you're not seeing it for the trueness that it is. Mm-hmm. Your brain is just literally connecting all the yeah. pieces of information for you mm-hmm. so that all you do is focus on one or two things in the scene. Mm-hmm. But your brain is taking in everything, everything yeah. which is why mm-hmm. even as even you being on the artistic spectrum, mm-hmm. The only difference is that your brain is not filtering out the majority of what you're seeing. Mm. Your brain is only is, is only filtering out a small, <laughs> small percentage piece, of yeah. it. Whereas for me, I can say, oh, I can look at the mango over there and that's all I'm looking at. Mm. Just looking at the mango. Oh, crap. I realize that there's a pandemic board down there, but that's okay. Because I'm still looking at the mango. Oh, there's also some planting. My mm. brain is filling in spaces. But when you're taking photographs or anything like that, yeah. you are camera is not filling in any spaces it's not accommodating for anything Mm -hmm. it's literally just taking pictures based on a physical form Mm -hmm. and all of the characteristics from the lens to the the sensor to your settings everything plays a part in rendering the image it's Mm -hmm. not it's truer to life than what you are seeing Mm -hmm. which is why cameras could see colors in the night because they don't care about the whole it's nighttime, so your brain is actually filling in yeah, that it's no. these is all in shadow, so there's no oh, color. Yeah, you know, your pupils dilating a bit so you can see better. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's not doing that. It's just what it's settings like, do you want me to capture exactly. this at? Let me catch it. And I'll capture that because mm-hmm. light is still bouncing off of this wall. Mm-hmm. And paradventure my weight balance is set properly, it will look as white as it looks. Well, not as white. It would look as true to, to its white, color yeah. that it will look in the daytime because mm-hmm. light exists. Yeah. Paradventure may Settings are set right. <laughs> yeah, because you're setting the camera's sensitivity to light. And you're also setting the camera's perception of its mechanical perception of the light. So mm. the, the lens opening and the, the, the speed of the, the shutter, all of these things, they manifest what the camera will take and how it will take it. Yeah. But you don't do that. Like, no. you're not thinking about, oh, my God, I'm seeing in shallow depth of field all the time, which you usually I, are. Mm-hmm. But you don't see that. I think about it. Oh, you mean in general? In general, yeah, like yeah, general. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you don't wouldn't be like, it's be- just like, no, my eyes just like, it's just, it's just working. Yeah. It's not, yeah, I'm not like, and the only time we realize that something is, that that happens is when probably when you can't keep can't up. Can't keep up. Yeah. Or like, when we I start failing. Watching a tennis like, match or something and you see the ball just like go. Like how? Yeah. Like, you know what, what, what kills me? Mm-hmm. Playing golf. Who the <laughs> hell could <laughs> we see 
And this ball is white. Like, you know, it would yeah. make more sense to me if the ball was red. Mm-hmm. To the, stand out against the green, To stand out right? against the green, against the blue, against the white. If it was red. Mm-hmm. But it's not red. But then the white is more luminous. You realize the grass Correct. is usually a certain type of grass? It's, yes, it is. Yeah. And it's usually a certain type of grass color as well. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I meant, the color, yeah. I mean, <laughs> dude, like, we could still see it, though. Mm. And this ball is moving at hundreds of miles an hour exactly. through space. And it's tiny. Mm. But we like, oh, there you go. And then your brain is so good at, like, just filling in the it's missing gaps. Where it, just, it just feels like, oh, like one continuous motion. But it's not. Because, like, a funny thing is when HGTVs, like, start, when they started being, like, mass consumer, uh, mass consumer product, mm-hmm. um, I thought it was just me. But, like, sports on TV used to hurt my head. Because um, when there were introducing higher frame rates mm-hmm. yes you it, the camera would be recording at a frame rate that i isn't used to no. so let's say the same like tennis match thing yeah 60 frames 120 yeah. frames uh-huh. you're just seeing the ball make the full the motion full move. it's and not so blurring. your eye isn't used to like taking no. that and so what i had to do is retroactively um add motion blur to, to sports to, yes. so that people wouldn't be getting headaches and stuff because it's just like yeah you're making you dizzy you're not Correct. used to seeing everything it's just Correct. like no you're just filling in the gaps to break it down like um, I think that's why movies feel so comfortable mm-hmm. like because it, they usually they're usually at 24 which is I mean, closer to what we which is closer to how our yeah. our, our natural frame, frame rate. rate would be uh-huh. right it's closer to 24 it might even be slower than that but it's, it's about 16 to 18 yes it's 16 mm-hmm. to 18 but you know 24 we give it a little extra yeah. kick right <laughs> but but at 60 frames it's like why am i seeing so much detail here there's mm-hmm. literally too much frames i'm yeah. seeing we used to have like the soap opera motion where people walking and it's just like why do it look so fluid, fluid. <laughs> like why do you look so real <laughs> i don't feel like life looks this real but it's because the frame rate is too high. Uh-huh. Daryl, listen, man, it's been an, an honor speaking to you. Thanks for Likewise. coming on the show. Thank you for having um, me. It's good to have like an amazing brain um, on the show. Daryl also to plays. an amazing brain. Uh, stop it, stop playing. <laughs> so, so Daryl plays like board games with me. He's part of our little board game group mm-hmm. here. And I like having Daryl on my team because like, Daryl, what happened? What happened before? Like, we, you remember what happened? Yes, we. She was the only one here. Okay, great, super. Mm-hmm. We are gonna win. <laughs> we done win. Don't yes. say. But Daryl, thanks all for coming, guys. We had Daryl Grant on the show. Um, Daryl is an artist, um, and he was here talking about his experience um, being on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say just on the spectrum. Mm. Um, could having you, autism. Having autism mm-hmm. and being on the artistic spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. And he's high functioning, like. A little too high function sometimes. But, you know, that works. On the outside. On the outside. But, um, Daryl, thanks a lot for coming. Guys, you've been listening to Objectively Incorrect. Um, once again, peace. No gang sense, guys. Later.